0: And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, January 8th. Twenty nineteen, starting to feel familiar again. <laughs> that was my best effort at an evil maniacal laugh. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible and compare, compare what people are saying In the name of God to the Word of God, sadly there is no shortage of crazy things being said out there, and we take the time to open up God's Word, to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolates And those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex is those whom we need to be listening to, whose books we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that's put out for consumption by the average evangelical, far from biblical, far from what God's Word says, there's a whole lot of deceiving going on by a bunch of people whom God did not send. You know, they're teaching stuff for shameful gain, exploiting people with false words, and we're trying to protect you from them. Because uh, these are charlatans, these are not Christians, these are not pastors, these aren't true prophets, they're false prophets, false apostles, false teachers, and Scripture warns us extensively about these people. And so as you listen to Fighting for the Faith, one of the things we do try to do is we try to have a little bit of fun with what we're doing, Uh, but we also weave into it a lot of sound biblical teaching, uh, some strategies for learning how to identify false teachers, you know, there's certain techniques that oftentimes are in common with them, and uh, how to keep you from getting swept up in the latest, greatest craze that's actually going to be like the Pied Piper, you know, rather than leading you to, the Lord is going to lead you off into oblivion, into a... <clears throat> miserable uh, eternal state so we want to save you for from that all right let's talk about what we're going to do on today's episode of fighting for the faith so was able to finally find the uh, Cindy Jacobs uh, prophetic word of the Lord for 2019 and um, <laughs> we won't start with that but we'll start with know <laughs> just want to let you know you might want to get some kind of uh, devices to protect your hearing I'm afraid I'm going to have to do this without any protection, which means um, I may be losing my hearing sometime at the end of the year. (laughs) It's just, you know, prolonged exposure to Cindy Jacobs screeching is worse than nails on a chalkboard. But uh, we're going to start off with uh, uh, Maddie Nottage, uh, this just bonafide bonkers lady. And uh, we're going to start off with her and uh her her prophetic word for twenty nineteen, yeah, and beyond uh, the prophetess natty uh Maddie Nottage uh, this is a woman who uses you know raspberry sounds you know <clears throat> you know to cast out demons, and so we'll be checking in with her just to kind of prime the pump if you want to grab a prophecy bingo card, uh head over to fighting for the faith and grab a prophecy bingo card i'll be using it today. Uh, just because, uh, but just so you know, the, the, the whole first hour is, aside from Maddie Nottage, is going to be dedicated to listening to Cindy Jacobs. And, um, she is such a big player in the charismatic and new apostolic reformation. Uh, this is, uh, uh, a, a, a woman who, you know, basically can, you know, she, doors open up to her and she has such fame and notoriety and she's an absolute wingnut uh but what we're gonna what we're gonna do is we'll compare what she's saying to uh second peter 2 as well as jeremiah 23 demonstrate that this woman is not saying anything that's even remotely from the lord although she now chairs the apostolic council of prophetic elders uh but uh, i thought just because of who she is and how how far-reaching her influences, I thought it was vital that we uh, do an extended uh, expose on her and this uh, particular uh, Word of the Lord for 2019. And she has something in common this year with uh, Patricia King. In, in if we, uh, yesterday's episode, we know that Patricia King is spending a lot of time in her so-called prophecies basically trying to pad her wallet. Oddly enough, uh, um, Cindy Jacobs spends a, a pretty significant amount of time in this so-called Word of the Lord for 2019. I, apparently, this is the year of joyful increase, and she's got, she spends an inordinate amount of time pressing the people hard for seed money. Uh, which uh, this uh, is weird. I haven't seen this done in the past years. I don't know if I missed it, but wow. It's so overt this year by Patricia King as well as Cindy Jacobs. So we'll make sure to highlight that. So that'll be closer to the end of the first hour. So, and then hour number two, we're heading over to Crank Ministries. <laughs> you know, yeah, I still cannot believe that they actually changed their YouTube channel name to Crank Ministries. But it is that. It's. <laughs> And uh, we'll be listening to Nicole Crank uh, from this past weekend, making this year your best ever. And uh, and so, um, yeah, you'll note <laughs> that there's going to be a lot of screeching and just bad teaching in this episode of Fighting for the Faith. You might want to grab a radiation suit, you know, just saying. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, since we're going to be focusing on the Prophetic Holy Order's Network Information Exchange Syndicate uh, the whole first hour, let's do this.
1: Down at an English fair, one evening I was there,
2: when I heard a showman shouting underneath a flare.
0: I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts,
2: there well, they are standing in their row.
0: One small one, some as big as your head
2: Give them a twist, a like of the wrist That's what the sherman said
0: I've got a lovely
2: bunch of coconuts Every ball you throw will make me rich There stands me wife, the idol of me life singing Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny, a pitch Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny, a pitch Sing and roll a ball Roll Roll-a-bowl-a-ball. a bowl ball, bowl ball, sing
0: and roll a bowl ball, a penny a pitch. Yeah, that's right. I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. So uh, we're going to be starting with uh, Maddie Nottage. Um, <laughs> don't know how to prepare you except for maybe the crash position, radiation suit, um, you know, things of that nature. And uh, here is her prophetic word for 2019 and Beyond. That, that's the name of it, by the way. It's right there on the YouTube channel. And beyond. <clears throat> Here we go.
3: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, this is um, parcel mouth, by the way. This is gibberish. This is not actually tongues. N- Notice her title, though Prophetess Maddie Nottage. Yeah. Prophetess. Prophet Believers Faith Outreach Ministries. She's in the Bahamas. Uh, yeah, that's right. Pilfering from people
3: there. <laughs> Saying
0: absolutely nothing. Yeah, by the way, I mean the Scripture actually forbids the speaking in tongues in a church service without an interpreter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in First Corinthians fourteen. We've covered that before, but uh, we'll
3: continue here. into yes, Lord. Ibrahim this will be the year you must build an altar unto me, said the Lord.
0: Oh, no. A home improvement project. Really, God's demanding that I build an altar for him this year, says the Lord. How big do I need to make this altar? I'm just curious.
3: This must be the year that you build a holy altar unto me, said the Lord God Jehovah. Are you sure? Because you know even
0: when God had the children of Israel, you know, make an altar, it was part of the tabernacle and it was a one of a kind thing. I mean, so I mean, are you saying God's requiring all Christians everywhere or just those in Nassau? Yeah, that they need to somehow build an altar. I mean, how big does this need to be? And does it be, need to be one of those ones where you can actually, like, you know, burn a sacrifice on? I'm, I'm curious.
3: Yeah,
0: more gibberish, also known as parcel mouth.
3: This year, mm. said the Lord, yeah. will be the year that you build an holy altar unto me, said the Lord.
0: Yeah, you, he said, This must be. You, you already said that. Yeah, you already said
3: that. Yeah year that you predetermine in your minds that you will pray without ceasing, said the Lord. So
0: I don't have to actually pray without ceasing. I just need to predetermine that I will
3: i I can do that that you pray always said the Lord, and that you rise early in the morning to pray in the known day to pray in the midnight hour
0: should I pray early in the morning next to the altar that I'm building And again, you know i can i can I build an altar that I can use as a barbecue or maybe a smoker, you know. I just, you know, I'm thinking double duty here, you know, make it really, you know, helpful and useful, and and maybe I should do my devotions outside, you know, next to the altar. While smoking some really good meat, you know oh that would be great,
3: so pray, saith the Lord God Jehovah <laughs> for this shall be a year, said the Lord of many battles, said the Lord, and this year
0: your, many battles many many so build an altar, pray with it 's predetermined to pray without ceasing and Lots of battles coming
3: up. Shall be great in warfare, said the Lord. The spirits that rule in the darkness, the pestilence that walk in the arrow that flyeth by day, and the destruction that wasted at noonday. How long evil power said the Lord
0: How long does she go on Babylon like this? I mean, seriously. Alright, let, 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 let me let me fast forward. Let me just kind of drop the you know, the player head, you know, maybe somewhere randomly in here and let's see what happens next. Okay,
3: Enslave and ensnare anyone that becomes in debt to them, said the Lord. Sounds
0: like she's trying to hunk a loogie. Wow.
3: I hear the Lord say, Tell you Bohemians, secure your inheritance, even those of you around the world.
0: You might want to get your lungs checked. I mean, maybe that's bronchitis, you know.
3: That's hearing the word of the Lord. Determine where your inheritance is and secure it, said the Lord. Know what Lord
0: Determine where your inheritance is and then secure it. Um my
3: inheritance is in
0: heaven. What are you talking about?
3: See you, and no one is not for you," said the Lord. No one even is from the Lord, and no one is from the devil. Do not trade your birthright, not even for a bowl of soup.
0: But no, not- yeah, just don't, don't, don't be trading it at all. You know, not even for soup. I mean, I, I know it's a big temptation to trade your birthright for soup. Let me drop the hit, player head over here. Let's see what goes on next here. Let's see.
3: It's a religious spirit.
0: A religious spirit, yeah.
3: Over the nation.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: And he said, be careful, be careful what music you dance to.
0: There's a religious spirit, so you got to be careful what music you dance to.
3: Yeah, Because when they come down Bay Street saying that all religion, and we are a nation under all religion, and they bring an image of Buddha with the image of Jesus. You know, this woman
0: has... People attending this, thinking this is from God. Strong delusion. Yes.
3: What are we saying to our God? What are we
0: saying? What what, what are we saying?
3: I am not a pagan God.
0: No, no.
3: I'm not a pagan God. No. Be careful of the music you dance to. Yeah. I'm a righteous God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I don't really... Dance much,
3: but holy God.
0: Hey. Yeah, well, what about like you know, two knock, two knock, ton? I mean, that's really a kind of catchy dance tune, you know. I'm just saying, okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, those are highlights, I guess, of the word of the Lord. You got to build an altar. You got to predetermine. To pray without ceasing, and you know stuff like that. That was helpful. <laughs> Let's check in with uh, Cindy Jacobs now. Just so you know, uh, the, the, every year at the Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, Cindy Jacobs makes an appearance after here you know, collecting up all of the prophecies of the annual meeting of the. Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders. And then at the end of the year, beginning of the year, she releases the word. And the word for this year, by the way, is the year of joyful increase. And you got to settle in for this one. I do have a prophecy bingo card. We'll see what comes of it. So uh, without any further ado, here's Cindy Jacobs. And uh, see if we can make heads or tails of the word of the Lord for this year. Here we go.
4: I have a general word of the lord for the year but I want to give just a few specifics since we have a little bit more time than we did in the first service yeah. uh, the holy Spirit spoke to me uh, a number of things and through the prophets every year we meet with a council of prophets the apostolic council of prophetic elders we've been meeting since 1999 and I chair this group and these are very respected prophets I mean that have written books they have television shows they're just
0: yeah that, I mean They're respected because they have television shows. Yeah, that's not the sign of whether or not you're a true prophet or a false prophet. Just saying
4: movement and we have emerging prophets that are with us also that are here in this house and uh, one and there were many words that came in fact I was reading the compilation of the prophecies about what God said about this year and I want to just share just a few and then I'm going to give the general word for the year which you're going to love it's a great word yeah. one of the words was that we are coming into a season of the age of Issachar now is a-
0: really I mean, this is like leftovers. This is like prophecy leftovers. Age of Issachar. How oh, are you going to have the sons of Issachar? I have been hearing people talk about the the Issachar thing since I've been doing fighting for the faith, and before I was even doing fighting for the faith. This is like standard charismatic pablum. It makes you wonder: is there a high turnover there? You know, this, hey, let's whip out the old Issachar. You know, pro- prophecy.
4: <sighs> Car was the ninth son. Yeah. If you know anything about being the ninth son, it no,
0: I was the firstborn.
4: Yeah. Like. Not a popular number, right? I mean, you know, like, number one, you really rejoice. Number two, by the time you get to nine, we're thinking maybe, you know, this isn't as important. But...
0: Yeah, it's it's got to be a bummer. I mean, I, I remember raising my kids. I mean, first kid, you know, you, you, that's the one that gets all the photographs, gets the baby book and stuff like that. By like, kid number three and four, it's like, you're lucky if you have any photos when you're an infant with that
4: child. <laughs> yeah, i just saying, you know. We see that Issachar, First Chronicles 12, 23, and 32, yeah. knew and understood the signs of the times, and know what Israel ought to do. Now,
0: <sighs> yeah, they, they this is, I mean, it's such a minuscule text that they're taking out of context and just keep applying. So the Lord's saying, man, this this season, this year stuff and thingies, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna know the time and the season stuff, just like those Issachar guys stuff. Uh huh.
4: Israel's name means reward, Issachar, sorry, his name means reward, benefits, salary, and compensation. God is raising up Issachar rights. Those who understand what to do, they understand alignment, they understand sewing. What did the tribe of Issachar know? They knew when to leave Saul's house and go to David's house.
0: Yeah, notice she mentioned sewing there. Yeah, they know about sewing. She's going to talk a lot about sewing in this prophecy. I just. Now, a little bit of a note here. Okay, so uh, when we did the Patricia King prophecy for 2019, talk about low energy. I mean, it was a low energy prophecy from Patricia King. And it was like two of the three prophecies. I mean, the first and the second were all about, you know, buying her book and then becoming a benefactor for her. Uh huh. Yeah, so we noted when we did that uh, episode that, you know, that Peter prophesied about prophets like her. They're not true prophets. There are false prophets. Yeah, Second Peter 2, I'll reread it just because it's useful. Uh, false prophets also rose among the people, just as there will be false prophets and teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will uh, be blasphemed. In their greed they will exploit you with false Words, yeah, their condemnation from long ago is not idle, their destruction is not asleep. Now, we noted that you know greedy prophets exploiting you for money is a major theme uh you know regarding or a major category. It's a, it's a characteristic of false prophets. And then we'll note then that the Lord himself warning about false prophets tells us a a few things in jeremiah chapter 23 now this is not the totality of what it is that god says no not at all but uh, we'll start at verse 16 and watch some of these things that god says thus says yahweh uh uh, yahweh of hosts yahweh Sava oath in the hebrew do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you filling you with vain hopes uh, they speak visions of their own minds. They're not from the mouth of the Lord. Uh, they say continually to those who despise the word of Yahweh, it shall be well with you. And everyone who stubborn, uh, follows their own stubborn hearts, they say, no disaster will come upon you. And so you'll note uh, one of the things that is a major feature of like all these people claiming to be uh, prophets is, you know, they make it sound like, you know, it's just smooth sailing. It's prosperity up ahead. Yo, you're going to know the times and the seasons, and oh, the Lord's going to release the provision for you to fulfill your density. You know, things like that, right? This is how they talk. And so uh, so, these are people that they're talking to who don't come to church to hear about repentance, the forgiveness of sins bearing fruit in keeping with repentance or anything like that. Like, far from it. So uh, and so, the Lord then talks about these false prophets. Who among them has stood in the council of Yahweh to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord, wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It'll burst upon the head of the wicked. Right, because... God's calling everybody to repent. So the anger of Yahweh will not turn back until it is, it, he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. So I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. Think of people like, you know, Lana Vazer, Patricia King, Cindy Jacobs, Maddie Nottage. That that should be obvious, though. The, the, the Maddie Nottage, that, she, that should be obvious. I didn't send them, but they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed uh, my words to my people. And they would have, listened to this, turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. You'll note one of the common denominators of the prophets of the Old Testament, especially those who have books named after them. You think of Isaiah, of Jeremiah, Micah, Amos. Oh, man, have you read Amos? It's like your your eyebrows get singed and your hair is on fire after reading that because of the way he preaches to you. You see, God sends the prophets to call his people to repent. That's the major theme is that in fact you can find this in the book of Leviticus how God warning the people of Israel in the back part the, like the last chapters of the book of Leviticus says that if they disobey uh, the covenant that God had made with them which by the way the mosaic covenant was like a land lease agreement yeah you want to live in the the, uh, the land of promise here are the rules if you break them I'm going to kick you out but I'm going to first send you prophets to turn you Right. That's what God says. So the purpose of the prophets was to call people to repentance, to tell them to abandon their idols and to, and that God was merciful and would forgive them. You know, this is like one of the major themes of Isaiah and and also Jeremiah. Right. So the real prophets are the ones who turn people from their sin. You listen to false prophets like Cindy Jacobs and it's like. It's like fortune telling. She sounds like an astrologer, you know. Anyway, so if they, you know, if they had heard my words, they they would have turned my people from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. I am I a god at hand? Declares the Lord. Not a god far away. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? Decra- dec- declares Yahweh. Do I not fill heaven and earth? declares Yahweh. I have heard what the prophets. Have said who prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed a dream. How many times have we heard that, right? How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesied lies and who prophesied the deceit of their own heart? That's the common denominator. Who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. So let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream. But let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. Oh, and by the way, we have God's word. It's called the Bible. And when you preach it correctly and teach it, call people to repent, to believe in Jesus, be forgiven, bear fruit in keeping with repentance, stuff like that, you're speaking the prophetic word of the Lord revealed in his prophetic holy Bible, right? So, so what is straw in common? Wheat declares the Lord is not my word like fire declares the Lord and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Therefore, behold, I'm against the prophets declares the Lord who steal my words from one another. Behold, I'm against the prophets declares the Lord who use their tongues and declare declares the Lord. Behold, I am against those who prophesy lying dreams, declares the Lord, and who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their recklessness. When I did not send them or charge them, so they do not profit. Uh, uh, so they do not profit this people at all, declares the Lord. And I would note, over and again, you know, Cindy Jacobs and all of the you know, ilk of her kind who call themselves prophets—they don't profit anybody. Except for themselves. Yeah, I mean, these words that they give and they claim are from the Lord are just absurd. They're just bonkers. And they don't help at all. In fact, as we listen to Cindy Jacobs, let me come back here. As we listen to Cindy Jacobs, then you're going to note that this isn't, you could make it all the way through 2019, without having heard any of this. Because it's not, this isn't, doesn't really profit anybody. These, these are not words from God. I think you get the idea. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is fightingforthefaith.com. or you can subscribe on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Christian. When we come back, more of Cindy Jacobs. Yeah, stay tuned, don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Peter, James, John, and Paul are all dead. That means there are no living apostles in the church today. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith.
5: This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe.
1: ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio.
6: Max Holliday's Birdcage Theater presents Church Day Select. in other news, it seems that the inhabitants of Earth are not the only ones subject to economic slumps. Jensen Franklin, through direct revelation from God, has given us information that says that the unemployment rate within God's own army has drastically risen. Take a listen. The
3: angel came and opened the doors and broke the chains.
0: My point to you is simply this. When you don't pray, angels become unemployed. The greatest tragedy... A prayerlessness is
1: the unemployment of angels. Because when you pray, God gives angels their their orders. When you pray, the spiritual battle in the heavenlies begins to be armed with the prayers of the saints and people binding. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. (laughs)
0: Intention angels, this is uh, the Holy Spirit. I have an announcement regarding the um, latest downturn in the economy, and I understand that a lot of you have been unemployed lately due to a lack of prayer. And I wish there was something that I could do about this, but you know, I feel so powerless when it comes to these kind of things. Um, we uh, we've uh, created a welfare uh, basket, uh, spiritual relief type of thing, and uh, so those of you who have uh, been hit hard by the latest downturn and are now finding yourselves unemployed, uh, please uh, proceed over to the uh, <clears throat> relief office, and uh, we'll see what we can do to help you out. Thank you.
6: All right, all right, everyone just calm down. Thank you. Now, I know that none of you care to be here, but since we're experiencing a worldwide shortage of prayer, it would behoove you to keep calm and allow us to do our jobs. Gabriel, put your wings down. There's not nearly enough room for that. And Michael, Michael, don't cut in line. I know you're the big cheese around here, but all of us have been affected equally. Wait your turn. Next! What's your name? George. George. Whatever. Whatever. Where'd you fly in from?
0: South Orange County, California.
6: California? That's frontline enemy territory. How many tours you done down in that kill box? About nine. Oh, you're quite the veteran. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's Rick Warren's territory, right?
0: Yeah, he's got most of the people down there praying for purpose, better sex, other useless junk like that. Those idiots don't even realize they don't need God for such things.
6: I hear you on that one. Now, I know it's not much, but this is what I can give you. It's our premium spiritual relief basket. Hallelujah!
0: Thank you. I'll be sure to put this to good use.
6: <laughs> I know you will. Next! What's your name, bub? Harold. Okay, Harold. Where you hailing from?
1: Charlotte, North Carolina.
6: Good gravy. You must really be hurtin'. Everyone knows that Stephen Furtick's neck of the woods is just filled the bursting with heretical slop. Uh, What are they praying for nowadays?
1: It's the strangest thing. They keep praying to the sun, telling it to stand still. I don't get it.
6: Those morons! Don't they know nothing about astrophysics? If they were to stop the sun, they'd burn half the world to a crisp. Moon rocks have higher IQs than those dingbats. All right, got a relief basket for you.
0: I greatly appreciate the help.
6: (laughs) I know, you're welcome. Next! And your name is... Bob. Bob? I swear, angels these days. All right, Bob, lay it on me. Where you from? Vatican City. Vatican City? <laughs> are those bozos still praying to the dead people and inanimate objects? More than ever. You know, that really frosts my cookies. I mean, seriously. Take Mary, for example. That poor woman has been dead for millennia. She's not answering prayers. Who is the dumb schmuck that thought praying to her would do anything in the first place? Humans! They're so darn gullible sometimes. Anyway, here's your relief basket. Sorry, just getting real tired of that. Happens every time I give someone a basket. Next!
0: for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare hotel rooms and rental cars today.
1: Hey everyone, it's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's it's coffee. with milk now that's what I call a balanced breakfast so head on over to gillespie.coffee and get some that's g-i-l-l-e-s-p-i-e dot coffee Rex out
0: We're back. Uh, Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that uh, the people claiming to be prophets today are, in fact, false prophets, because they are. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. And you can partner with us by visiting our website, FightingForTheFaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons – One says donate, the other says join our crew, the other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and then Quartermaster $99. 95 a month joining our crew great way to support us of course if you'd like to make a one-time contribution click on the donate button if you'd like to support us by becoming a patron on patreon click on the become a patron button and of course if you'd like to support us the traditional way you can do so by making your gift payable to fighting for the faith and then send it to post office box 13344 grand forks north dakota zip code 58208 and let me thank you for your support. We truly, honestly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, let's uh, head back uh, to the Trinity Church out there in Cedar Hill and listen as and to Cindy Jake Jacobs continuing to spew forth what she claims is the word of the Lord for 2019. And uh, we've already noted, uh, and we'll continue to note that <laughs> this one is... Got the greed factor literally pegging the needle. It's so bad. But uh, we continue. Here we go.
4: You see, they knew when there wasn't a blessing on a thing anymore, so they needed to go to the place of blessing.
3: What?
0: (laughs) They knew when there wasn't a blessing on a thing anymore, so they went to the, the
4: what? Many times we get mad at God because we're doing the old thing when he's doing a new thing
0: oh man oh this is just nonsense
4: okay like he wants to pour out new wine and we're still in the old season uh, this is a standard charismatic template new wine
0: new wine skins oh is it on my card bummer i know that new wine skins is on one of the cards bummer.
4: okay i don't know when to shift to the new season shift
0: shift the- shift shift hang on a second here i'm gonna throw that okay so i'll put that there we go we're shifting yay okay
4: shift to a new season sometimes there's warfare and sometimes there's a battle like when the Issacharites joined david he didn't look like he had great potential did he because he was in a cave there was a bunch of misfits and they knew what
0: (laughs) david didn't look like he had a lot of potential because they were misfits Where are you getting this interpretation of Scripture? This is nonsense.
4: They would have to war against the old kingdom and against the old things. But the Lord called them and gave them a word to understand the signs of the times. Uh, Let me give you one, one example of that. When God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, he gave him a word and he said, You do this. What if he hadn't heard the second thing?
0: I, if I rolled my head my eyes back farther in my head, I think they might get stuck, and that would look really awful.
4: he would have had a dead son and a dead vision. You understand this so many times it's time to shift and we don't understand when we need to shift we don't understand how we need to increase we you know we're just
0: shift and increase we don't know how to increase this this is she's building this up by the way because she's going to be pilfering people by the end of this so-called prophetic word
4: doing the old thing the old ways and trying to make it work so i am decreeing over you that you are part of the age of issachar and that you're going to understand when to move you're going to understand who yay
0: she decreed that i'm going to understand when to move
4: what does that even mean You're going to understand when you should give. And the Lord spoke to us. See, see, there
0: it is. Oh, she's building up here. Wait till you see what's at the end of this video, man. You're going to understand when to give. Uh Uh-huh.
4: He was aligning those with the gift of giving with with, uh, a vision. And vision that that you know that there were some that had the gift of giving. You have been wounded and you have been hurt because you gave and the people weren't worthy of giving. So your strength has become your stronghold, so you don't want to give more. But the <laughs>
0: <laughs> So my strength has become my stronghold. So I don't want to give more. Pardon me? What? <laughs>
4: Lord is saying to you this morning, you know, that you need to shift into the new season. Because if you don't give, you're going to dry up. Because they-
0: So shifting into the new season means giving so I don't dry up.
5: Okay.
4: Gift. You have to give. Are you with me? You understanding this? Even some people who don't just have the gifts of giving have tithed in a place that maybe they weren't worthy of that tithe, and they were angry.
0: you, you got to make sure if you're going to tithe that they, they have to be worthy of the tithe. Uh-huh.
4: Angry about how it was misused. No, your job is to give, and God will give the increase. Even if they weren't worthy, God will give you the increase. The Bible says if you – I'm telling you, I have been covering Cindy Jacobs
0: every year for years on her prophetic word of the Lord for whatever the year is, and I have never heard her – this overtly going after the benjamins you know what i mean
4: if if you sow you will reap are you getting this oh yeah yeah. okay yeah. i want you to understand i don't want you to stay in the old season because god no. wants you to be blessed he wants you to shift they could have settled for a current situation but they didn't now this is going to feed right into what i'm going to talk about for 2019 in just a minute also okay. but i want to say to you That you have to work with God. Some of you are in a mess right now, and it took you a long time to get in that mess, and you work very diligently at it. So you may not get out of that mess overnight, but one day you will. You understand this? You have to take steps. You have to begin. And as you begin, God will start blessing you and start increasing you supernaturally. And the blessing of the Lord will be upon you. But Satan... To-
0: yeah. Um, you know, it could it possibly be that the mess you're describing that these people are experiencing is a result of maybe their sin? You know, and the solution is not just taking steps, but like, you know, repenting and... Being forgiven by Jesus, who died on the cross for those sins, you know, and you know stuff. Notice she's not turning nobody from nothing, except for yeah, except for turning them away from being stingy with their dollars and giving more. You know, that's not quite the same thing. You know,
4: I want you to settle for your dumb, dreary life?
0: I'm going to back that up. I'm. Gonna back that up because she's claiming the devil doesn't want me to do something and increasing
4: you supernaturally, and the blessing of the Lord will be upon you. Yeah. but Satan wants you to settle for your dumb, dreary life.
0: Um. <laughs> uh. What? <laughs> I really think the devil's focus is not on people's dumb, dreary lives because there are a lot of people with great faith in Jesus. Who have dumb, dreary, ordinary, bland, blasé, obscure lives. And yet they are people who preach Christ and tell about Christ and believe in Jesus. I'm pretty sure he's more focused on the faith thing in Jesus. You know, the saving faith than their dumb, dreary life thing.
4: Did I say that? Yeah. You know, he Satan wants you to get so discouraged that you think you made such a big mess, you're never going to be anything but a hot Yeah,
0: by the way, I, I did notice this, that she was decreeing, so she decreed. So I'll put that on my bingo card there. Hmm, this is going to be a tough card, but I think you get the point so far.
4: Mess, okay? Yeah. God loves to work with hot messes. Okay. He loves to change our lives. He's a supernatural God. He loves to take the worst of the worst of the worst and bring the greatest blessing out of that person. Okay. Another word that the Lord gave the prophets is it is the age of evangelism. There's going to be harvest and miracles and signs and wonders. I All think right,
0: Hang on a second. Harvest, harvest. Yeah, there's harvest right there. Okay. Not doing bad. Not doing bad here. Yeah. And see, the whole purpose of the prophecy bingo card is to kind of show you how um, these uh, so-called prophecies sure do really rely on recurring buzzwords. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay.
4: Every prophet that I read their prophecies uh, pretty much talked about glory and miracles and signs and wonders and revival. Okay, mm. I mean, it was without exception. Mm. We know that this is coming. Yeah, We know that you have a part in this, something God wants you to do, but you're going to have to work at it. Okay? You're going to have to cooperate with what God says.
0: Well, Maddie Nottage says, I need to build an altar. You know, just saying.
4: You have to work the work. You have to work the works of the Lord. Okay? It's like God is, you think God's, uh, we've heard this a lot of times, God's waiting for, we're waiting for God, but he's waiting for us. You see.
0: What's God waiting for me to do?
4: It's waiting to change your life. He wants to change your life. Yeah. He wants to bless your life. He,
0: he wants to, but he's waiting for you. How much you want to bet he's waiting for you to give a lot more money? Uh-huh.
4: And some of you, instead of being the head, you're the tail, and you just get dragged around like some dog. Okay, God wants you to be the one that points the direction for your life. God wants you to... T-
0: yeah, uh, boy... It's amazing how important God wants you to be. Yeah, it sounds a lot like the type of false prophet that Jeremiah was warning us about in Jeremiah 23. Mm -hmm.
4: Take the promises and move with those promises. Can I get an amen on that? So it's the age of evangelism. I'll give you a story. I was talking to pastors uh, Jim and Becky about this in the green room between services. I had, I, I, I know somebody that he was the worst of the worst. He was a big basketball player, very famous and very good at his college. And he was the meanest skunk, he had the foulest mouth. And there was a Christian club on campus that decided they were going to pray for the 10 least likely to be saved people on their campus. And yeah. he was number one. And they prayed and they prayed. And finally, this man, young man, got saved. And his name is Lou Engel, And he has led 400,000 people and more. In-
0: yeah, I think he's led a lot more than that in like into false doctrine and false
4: prophecies. Yeah, you know, just saying front of our capital to, to pray for this nation mm. i mean he was nothing he earned money he earned his living by mowing lawns and that's looked like all he was gonna ever do even after he was a basketball star he, i mean he's in like a hall of fame but he got saved and he became- C-
0: can you not yell so much lady i mean yelling is not the sign that you're giving a true prophecy it's just things that you you
4: do and gloriously on fire for the lord jesus christ so god can take anyone the most evil the most wicked the worst gang members the worst the worst drug dealer and he wants to save them and this is the time he wants to do it put your
0: right he he didn't want to do it last year You're going to note here, it's like when you think about it, that was like, oh, yeah. Uh,
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. So, yeah, there was evangelism going on last year, by the way, and the year before, and God wanted to save people then, too. Um. So, how is this, you know, are we, God really means it this year, apparently. Last year, yeah, maybe he didn't mean it so much.
4: Together for that. Age of Issachar. Age of evangelism. The the Issaquah writes, let me go back to that a minute because I put this in my notes. Issachar writes, we're willing to leave position behind and move into the future with a leader that was not in a position to help them. You understand that? There are times we have to see with the eyes of God. There are people that we have to align with and we have to understand God is working in this person.
0: So uh, there's, some, there's people I need to be aligning with. Uh-huh.
4: In the whole world right now, there are big clashes of kingdoms. God is moving people in all the mountains of society, and there are strong mans. The uh,
0: mountains. The seven mountains. That's the key. That's one of the major components of what's something called the New Apostolic Reformation. But then again, Michael Brown denies that it exists. But it does exist. Just don't tell him that because he doesn't believe that.
4: Every mountain. So I want to tell you in twenty nineteen there. Hang on a second, and there's strong man's in every mountain. So mm, there's strong
0: man's hmm. every mountain has a strong is that like a boss level kind of thing, you know, from like a video game? Yeah, I that sounds like that to me, but
4: I want to tell you in 2019 there's going to be further clashes. There's going to be further people that are upset. There's going to be further polar
0: no. No way. Man, in in 2019 God says there's going to be people who are upset.
4: <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I think this one was fulfilled like day one.
4: okay but wait a minute, I'm going to get to the good word oh, okay. in just a minute. Get okay get on to it lady. We know that that uh, that there's anti-biblical worldviews that we know there's persecution of the churches right now. I don't know if you keep up with that because we live in Texas, but there is persecution that goes on yes. around this nation still, mm-hmm. but we are going to overcome. God is going to do a new thing. There are, is a card, prophets, and he's...
0: New thing. Uh, it's not on this card. Bummer, bummer, bummer. bummer.
4: Raising in to the, into the battlefield in the forefront. And let me sum one more thing up about the evangelist. Sorry, I'm skipping around a little bit. But you know, prophets, we're not linear. We don't do one, two, three. We do one...
0: You're not a prophet. Nope. None of this is from God. Not a wor- single word of it.
4: 103, three, four, twenty. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, unless you're a prophetic teacher, we don't follow those one, two, three things very well. No. Okay? But he's going to raise up Wesleys and Whitfields who will arise and preach. There's going to be anointings like John Wesley, George Whitfield, great.
0: Watch what she does with this. I told you, this is just like Patricia King's. Money grubbing prophecies that we covered yesterday. It
4: is greatest revivalist. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. Whitfield had an anointing. Some people don't know about it. He had an anointing to raise money for evangelists. Evangelism. Is see evangel- see, see this,
0: this, this the theme of this year is give me money.
4: Franklin said one time that it happened to him so many times when Whitfield preached that he left what he called his purse at home so that you know he that he that wouldn't happen to him. But he said he should have gotten it because Whitfield started preaching about giving and he had to run all the way home to get his purse and bring it back. But I want to tell you something. God is going to release provision for the blessing. God,
0: he, he's going to release provision for the blessing. Wow, it's about time. I mean, 2018, there was no provision, blessing, releases happening at all. I'm glad he's going to finally get around to that.
4: He's getting ready to release for every dream that you have in your heart. Uh,
0: There it is. Dream and dream. To dream. The impossible dream. God's going to release the blessings and the provision. Uh Uh-huh, Yeah.
4: Getting ready to release what you need. Come on, let's thank God for that. That's a good, good word.
0: No, it's not. It's exactly the kind of word that Jeremiah warned us about in Jeremiah 23.
4: Prophetic resource providers. We're entering into a season of prophetic reformers. God is calling the prophets to pay attention to the nations. The word of the Lord needs to be fresh. In fact...
0: Oh, yeah, no no more of that stale Word of the Lord stuff. No, we need the fresh stuff. I mean, go ahead and take that day-old prophecy and, you know, put it on the, on the discount shelf. Uh, yeah, back when I was in the charismatic movement, we were talking about the need for fresh prophecies and stuff like that. So, yeah, this is just, again, this is recycled, rehashed nastiness. Okay
4: gave me a warning that there was going to be some google prophets revealed what does that mean they go and google stuff about people and then they call their names and they call whatever
0: uh google prophets revealed you you mean like sean bowles he's not a google prophet he's a facebook prophet yeah and uh so they're going to be revealed so this is the year that sean bowles god says his gig is up oh We'll see if that happens.
4: it mean, everybody's prophesying exact words and knowledge is like that, but there are some that are doing it, uh-huh. and God is going to reveal it. There's always been some reveal, but God is going to re- reveal it. Yeah,
0: we already revealed the Sean Bowles thing. It wasn't even last year. It was like the year before. Yeah, we, we revealed that, and people still think he's hearing from God. I mean, yet he sits there and goes, I have a word of the Lord, you know, that, uh, hang on, let me check my uh, my iPhone here. Yeah, yeah, it's, this is fresh stuff uh I'm looking for somebody named Becky. Becky, you're from uh, Minot, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the device he uses for his, yeah, the Google Prophets. That's Sean Bowles, yeah.
4: Now, the individual word in 2019 is a year of joyful increase. Are you understanding this? Why does God give you these words? Because he wants you to- God
0: didn't give me this word, and you didn't get this from God.
4: Stand on him. Don't
0: let I couldn't stand on this that there's there's nothing there to stand on
4: the devil steal your joy. I shared in the first service a friend of mine that was standing for his healing and it looked worse and worse and worse. But he was standing and he said to me on the phone, I'm not going to let Satan steal my joy no. in the midst of a dire. Dire, dire words dire, being dire, spoken over him. Well, he we talked to him again recently. He had an amazing breakthrough. Just about uh, you know uh, a few
0: days. Hang on, ago. hang on a second here. Uh, breakthrough. There we go. Yep. I don't think I'm going to get bingo, but man, we're not doing too bad this, this time around. And this is just one woman here, yeah?
4: Amazing breakthrough. Yeah. You know, he was taking some medicine and, uh, that was kind of research medicine, but it gave him huge breakthrough already. Dude. I mean, visible differences. So I want to say, don't let Satan steal your joy. Whatever you're going through, you know, don't default to worry. Don't default to concern. Uh, we were also talking in the green room, and uh, I said, you know, the Lord showed me my default mechanism is a...
0: By the way, she did say dream. So I put that
4: in. The nurse was worried. Oh, I'm so worried about you, darling. I mean, that's our love language, right? If we love somebody, we worry about them, you know, but we got to cut off that. I cut off an iniquity of worry off me. I'm not going to worry about people. I'm going to pray. I'm going to decree. I'm going to say what God says. Amen. Amen. So we need to catch it.
0: Yeah, we covered this yesterday and decreeing and declaring is not our prerogative. We're to ask God and offer supplications, which are requests, you know.
4: Rather, if we start to worry, okay, concern is okay, but we're not going to worry. The year of joyful increase, Isaiah 9, 3, you have multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest.
0: Yeah, you're just grabbing a verse out of context and slapping it on to this false prophecy that you didn't hear from God
4: as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. When the Lord spoke to me about a year of joyful increase, and I was thinking about these other words I was getting, you know, things I, you know, uh, uh, was hearing, like after Brexit, the Lord spoke to me, it's going to be a severe course correction for the stock market. You have to understand, I was standing right down there, and the Lord spoke to me in January of 2008, and he said to me, there will be no more business as usual. And then everything fell apart worldwide, okay? And, you know, we had already... Pre-
0: yeah, I would argue we reestablished business as usual. Just saying, you know.
4: Prayer teams to go right on the trading floor. In January, ter- prayer teams to go pray for the economy yeah. right on the Wall Street trading floor, which we did. And uh, She
0: rescued us, folks. She sent people right into Wall Street, right on the trading floor. There they are trading pork bellies, you know, and, you know, say, I'll take 10 of those, $100, you know, they're doing their thing, right? And then, then City Jacobs shows up right there on the trading floor. She, she's not selling pork bellies. She's here to save the economy. <laughs>
4: So, And then we developed prayer and stock markets worldwide to stabilize the economy. But the Lord said to me, We were saved
0: by our stabilization of the economy.
4: What? This year, and he spoke to me on Christmas Eve, and he said, look, you gave this word about a severe course correction. And I, I said, guess, yes, yeah. after yeah. breakfast, there'd be a severe course correction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have prophesied things like in Argentina. I've said one year from today, the economy is going to crash. The nation will be bankrupt. And there'll be rioting on the streets. Everything I prophesied happened. But the Lord said to me this year, he said it was just a, a kairos, supernatural word. He said, I want... Oh,
0: hang on a second here. I'm, I'm going to grab that one. Kairos. It's, no, it's, she did say Kairos Supernatural War, but still, same concept. I wrote the rules for Prophecy Bingo, which means I can make any old rules I will, will like. So there we go. There is another one. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, what's the name of this uh, supernatural increase? Okay, we, we continue. All
4: right. To decree over the stock market. That it's not going to crash. You're not going to go under recession. I want you to bind the spirit of fear over the traders and those influencing them and decree the market's going up.
0: <sighs> uh, all right. I, I do not have enough time to go through this whole thing. So let's just fast forward to the chase, shall we? This is where... You know, if things really take off as far as pushing hard on the money thing. She's been weaving it all throughout her prophecy, prophecy uh, along the way. Uh, so let's uh, let's check in with her as we approach the end of the so-called prophetic word.
4: Three things quickly that causes increase. Number one, giving. Mm-hmm. But as I say, he sows, who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for fruit supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 10. Listen, Mike and I, when we're giving a gift, we lay hands on that gift. And we come into agreement what we want our seed to grow. Some people just indiscriminately sow their seed. But we believe that that seed is going to grow. We intentionally give. We intentionally give to the poor. Not, You know, it's not because we're just saying, oh, we want, we want, we want. But the Bible promises, if we sow, we'll reap.
0: Cue sappy music. Yeah, the, the sappy music, by the way, is an emotional manipulation technique. It creates the false impression that God, the Holy Spirit, is now falling on the audience to make them make a decision. Apparently... Oh, the Holy Spirit wants to see some sewing going on here.
4: The measure you give, the measure you get back. Some of you are not getting anything because you're not giving anything. Oh, that was the prophet's side of me.
0: <laughs> yeah, P-R-O-F-I-T. Yeah, yeah.
4: I remember days when we were so, had so little. So little. I remember one time I, uh, there was an offering and And I couldn't find anything in my purse, but I found a little hole in the lining, and Mm. I dug around, and I found some pennies, and I sold those pennies. Mm. It was my widow's mite. It was what I had. Mike and I know how to sew our way out of debt. We know how to sew.
0: Yeah, see, Scripture does not teach this. No, you don't sew your way out of debt. That is, wow unbelievable so you'll you'll note then so there you are if you are attending trinity church of cedar hill for their new year's celebrations right yeah and, and you're in debt and you can barely pay your bills don't worry you go ahead and you sow some more god will get you out of debt no he won't that's not how that works and god hasn't promised nothing like that
4: oh our way out of financial problems. If Generals International, we do that regularly. I mean, we give...
0: You sow your way out of debt? <laughs> Just
4: wondering. Tithe from our ministry. A lot of ministries don't tie to other ministries. But we tied to other ministries. This church, when we're building uh, our building, you tied out of the budget for building the building. Almost nobody does that. In fact... I think I've only one other time heard of a church doing that. And why do you think this church is so blessed? Because of that. Listen, let me tell you about seed. Seed is supernatural. Everything has seed. Seed.
0: Your money has seed. Your money is supernatural.
4: It's life. The word "seed" in the Bible is sperma. Everything has seed, and giving has seed. You know, you might think, well, I only have whatever those three pennies. But I tell you what, I have found
0: when I... This is not what the Bible teaches regarding supporting ministries at all. This is straight up greed and magic. Regarding so-called giving, you you want to get out of debt? Oh, you just give a lot of money to Cindy Jacobs, and it'll come right out. this is going to have, include a very large sum of money momentarily. study the lesson
4: on seed, like a mustard seed, is so tiny. It's so tiny. It's the tiniest of all seeds. But a mustard seed, when planted, will grow as many as eight thousand seeds. 8,000 seeds from one tiny little seed that you can barely see.
0: And, yeah, yeah, when you give money, yeah, it's going to do that too. Yeah, oh, man, you're going to reap a huge financial harvest. This is straight-up false teaching, heretical, false words, exploiting people with greed.
4: So don't let the devil tell you giving is not important, even in small amounts. But every year, Mike and I believe we're going to give more. Every year, we are giving more. Every year, we believe that God is calling us. You know, we're, we're able to help people. We randomly give gifts. We have friends with a gift of giving that go to this church. And at the Global Prophetic Summit, when they came, they came because they could. They brought handfuls of $100 bills and handfuls of $50 bills. And they just ran around randomly giving out $100 bills and $50 bills. And people were weeping. And they prayed about who they should give. Change lives. There are times when I'll see young people in the church, maybe a 10-year-old, 12-year-old. And i just walk up and give them a $100 bill. I mean, I have seen them break down. Do they believe God is good?
0: I tell you. Did you call them to repent of their sins, trust in Jesus Christ? Or is their treasure just on earth here rather than up in heaven?
4: What? Especially to a teenager, money really talks. Seed is important. Number two, believing. What mark do you want to make for the high calling? Philippians 4. Uh, 314 talks about the prize of the upward calling. This year are you gonna as you go into 2019, are you gonna give more than you did last year? Are you gonna start withholding? Well, you don't want to bounce a full harvest then. Already you have negated your harvest.
2: What?
0: No biblical text teaches us. This. this is just overt, over the top, naked greed.
4: I tell you what, when times get bad, that's the time you need to believe to have seed to sow. There's times that we had to pray. I remember one time I wanted to bring $10,000 to give for God TV when I was on a telethon. I didn't have $10,000, but I began to believe. I said, Lord, somebody's going to give me 10000 I don't know where that $10,000 coming from, but by the time I get there...
0: To the- yeah, notice that she's now... Basically, put that number in people's heads there at the uh, Trinity Church. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, someone's sitting there going, I feel like I got to give $10,000 to Cindy Jacobs. Uh huh. That's how this game works. And that's telling you, I mean, <laughs> not only was that a low energy, uh, you know, prophecy, kind of like Patricia King's, I mean, it was, on the greed chart, it was off the chart as far as greed is concerned. Yeah, exploiting with false words indeed. Yeah, that's right. Kind of reminds me of what that uh, what Peter prophesied. Yeah. In their greed they will exploit you with false words these false prophets. And that's what Cindy Jacobs is. Don't listen to these people. You want to hear a prophetic word from God? Open up your Bible. These are the words of the Lord that we have been given and all the church has been given these words for millennia. And these are the words of life that God has given us. These, the, these so-called words of the Lord from prophets and apostolates like Cindy Jacobs and others, these are from the devil, and these are from greedy, sinful hearts. God did not send them, and they are prophesying in his name, and they are deceiving people and exploiting them in their greed with false words. Avoid them like the plague. Alright, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Or you can subscribe on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at Pirate Christian. Quick break, when we come back, we're gonna be hearing from Nicole Crank on how to make this year your best year ever. Yeah. If that's a Christian thing, gibberish is not one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. High Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some. <laughs>
6: are listening to Pirate Christian Radio. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listening to this program right now. Have you ever found yourself wishing there was more Fighting for the Fed content that you could listen to and share with your friends? Well, you're in luck, because we now at Pirate Christian Media have a YouTube channel that we upload content to on a weekly basis. We got programs like Twistbusters. You don't have to be a cessationist messed up church exclusive skype interviews pirate gang conversations and our most popular segment dumpster fire so if you're looking for some extra pirate christian media goodness in your life head on over to youtube and search for fighting for the faith and subscribe
0: back. Hour number two of Fighting for the Faith, sermon review time. Let's do this right, though. Hey, ho! Oh. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. We're heading over to Faith Church St. Louis, home of Crank Ministries. Yeah, makes me cranky already just thinking about it we we'll gonna be listening to Nicole Crank explain how to make this year your best year ever. Yeah, I know, it's a little obnoxious, so it is what it is. Let me go ahead and back off on the music, and we'll get right to it. Here's Nicole Crank and making this your best year ever. Here we go. Dogs
5: like bones. Yeah, I mean, I guess dogs like bones. I mean, I see them chewing on bones. But if I was a dog I wouldn't like bones I'd like steak How many of you think If we flip flop the places And the dogs got to be at the table And we had to be on the floor The dogs would eat the steak And give us the bones So the question I have for you Out of it is Why are we living off The bones in life
2: Huh? When we should be eating
5: steak What? And I think the answer might be Because the steak We see it there but we don't know how to eat it.
0: Well, I know how to eat steak. And that's what I
5: want to answer today. Huh? I don't want us to see a banner year and not know how to live it. I don't want us to think amazing thoughts and not know how to get there. I don't want to just tell you it's your banner year. I want to show you five steps so simple. Even an elementary school student could pull it off without much trouble. Uh huh. I'm ready to go ahead and walk in. I'm ready to go ahead and step in with 2020 vision. Hi. My future's so bright I gotta wear shades. With clarity.
0: Now what you can't see is that she put on some ginormous gag sunglasses. I mean, they're just huge. Okay, so apparently we're going to get steps to creating, you know, something in our lives. Yeah, so these are going to be five steps on how to have a banner year. And we've already noted that when somebody is teaching you like that, they're selling you something. Yeah, there are no five steps given in the Bible to have your best year ever. So this is a false pretense for the sermon altogether. And what we're seeing here is not a biblical teaching. So... Uh, Be advised, there are no five steps that you can apply to have the best year ever.
5: A vision brings clarity of life. Clarity of vision brings clarity of life. If you're a note taker, go ahead and write that down. No. And by the way, note takers go to heaven. I don't think that's Bible, but it's how...
0: Yeah, why would I want to write that down? It's not biblical. Good.
5: (laughs) Clarity of vision brings clarity of life. And I, I believe with 2020 vision, with 2020 clarity, we're walking into our banner year of 2020. This is the last year of this decade. Let's make it count. We're not going to walk out of this decade the way we walked into this decade. We're going to change. We're going to grow.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> definitely going to leave this decade a lot older. <laughs> Just a few years ago, I didn't have gray hair, and now I got the skunk streak thing going on. Oh, yeah, I'm limping out of this decade.
5: We're going to have improved, amen. We're going to change. Matter of fact, Romans 12 and 2, it says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. No. I'm going to stretch that just a little bit to the pattern of your past.
0: Uh, Yeah, you're stretching it, which means you're twisting That text. Oh,
5: boy. The pattern of what was. To the pattern of what happened last year. To the pattern of the diagnosis.
0: That's not what Romans is saying. Let me back it up just a little bit.
5: pattern of what was. To the pattern of what happened last year. To the pattern of the diagnosis. To the pattern of what they said about you.
0: Yeah, pattern of the diagnosis. This is Word of Faith talk. She's uh, one of these people who believes that uh, you, you can have divine health. And, and so she's all about naming it and claiming it, blabbing it and grabbing it and grabbing that divine health. Don't listen to your doctor if he says the word, you know, cancer. No, 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 no. Just avoid that altogether. Don't listen to him. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be conformed to the pattern of what your doctor said. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that can get you dead, by the way
5: to the pattern of the limit that you put on the thinking of your future to the pattern of holding on to the anchors that are holding you down I'm telling you no, no, no not today Satan not this week, not this month, not this year these are our banner years somebody yeah, no says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed
0: by the renewing of your mind, right
5: what's transform mean? transformers More than meets the eye.
0: Yeah, the uh, obnoxious meter. Yeah, this this is just obnoxious now. Yeah, that's pagan now too.
5: Right? Robots looking like cars. Cars looking like robots. What has your future been looking like in your head that it should be looking like? Transform. Change. Be changed. How? How are we changed? The scripture says by the renewing of our mind, by learning what we don't know, by getting the information we didn't have, by having revelation on our spirit that hasn't been revealed prior.
0: Uh, So how do we get (laughs) what? Having revelation on our spirit that hasn't been revealed prior. (laughs) Did you just make
2: that
5: up by the renewing of our mind? My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. And there's this one little word that you probably pass up in the scripture. But it starts a sentence. Then. Then. When? Once we renew our mind. How? By the washing of the water of the word. So once we are changed and transformed by the washing of the water of the word.
0: Ephesians 5, the washing of water in the word is referring to Baptism.
5: The taking of new information by the renewing of our mind then we get to live and test and approve what is god's good and pleasing and
0: notice what she's doing this is an interesting technique she's ripping a bunch of verses out of context and then stringing them together as if somehow they work and hang together that way yeah no that's a very dangerous twisting technique that she's engaging in there
5: perfect will for your life we serve a God who thinks bigger than you can ask. Bigger than you can think. And bigger than you can imagine.
0: Yeah, that's twisting of scripture. Ephesians, uh yeah, the benedictory thought there in was it Ephesians 3? Yeah, that that's a tw- she just reworked the the that whole verse out of context, turned it into something that it wasn't. Wow, she is like become the uh bible twisting factory she can like twist up scriptures on the fly now wow
5: so family i'm asking you to open up your mind i'm asking you to open up your heart i'm asking to open up your future to the change that god wants to bring to you this year you're not supposed to stand idly by waiting for something to drop into your lap and wait for something to happen to you no we are going to be the conduit of change not for something to happen to but for god to work through
0: Yeah, uh, You are. you know, on the Big applause line there. Nothing what you're saying is actually biblical and you've manipulated God's word quite egregiously there.
5: I'm here to tell you, you didn't come to church today on accident. You didn't come because it's the first Sunday of the year. You didn't even come because your friend invited you or your mama made you. You are here today because God appointed you for this time to hear this word, to activate...
0: now she's just twisted, Esther. Yeah, God would never appoint you to go to a false church to listen to a false teacher. And by the way, women are forbidden from being pastors. So the fact that she's even preaching a sermon is proof that she's a false teacher. (laughs) Definitively. I mean, you don't even have to hear a word come from her mouth. You could say, yep... She claims to be a pastor and she's preaching a sermon. What she's going to say is going to be false. That's how that works, by the way.
5: Then on the spirit inside of you to wake you up from the to the dreams that you've been scared to dream. Yeah. God
0: wants You're, you're going to wake me up to the dreams I've been scared to dream. That's absurd
5: release the potential on the inside of you the lord almighty is begging you and beckoning you into the purpose that he has for your life your god your father your
0: god is begging me into my purpose really really when does god beg unbelievable
5: he is asking you to step up the creator of the universe is in heaven today praying that you will say yes
0: that, that makes me God, by the way.
5: So let me ask you this question. Will you say yes to him today?
0: Yeah. He ain't speaking to me through you. So I don't know what I would be saying yes to him through you for. Because all I can say is no. What you're saying is not what the Bible teaches at all.
5: I'm going to ask you one more time. As you answer the God of heaven and earth. Are you ready to say yes to the future that He has for you today? Yeah. Yes. Now turn to your neighbor and say, "This is my banner year." My banner
0: year. Say, "Back." <sighs> I'm in pain. I think I forgot to stretch before the program today. I might have thrown the muscle out. Oh, oh yeah, I'm going to need some Advil.
5: To a man's going to be better than yours. And while we're saying things, I want you to say this. I want you to say, I am open. I am am teachable. I I embrace change. change. There is more for me. I will believe it. I will will pursue it. it. I will will walk in it. And I start today today. In in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Yeah, that little exercise of repeating after her was a complete and waste of time and utterly narcissistic too.
5: Come on, go ahead and worship him for a second. Woo. Now I got a question for you. Are you ready to go to work?
2: Yes. Everybody work, 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 work. I like the way you work good. you dig it in.
5: do back it up. You don't get it unless you work it. It's not just going to drop in your lap.
0: Uh, he's gonna, what are you talking about?
5: He's give you a plan, he's going to give you a purpose. purpose he's going to give you a pursuit, and then he's going to ask you to pursue it. So I'm going to tell you how. Are you ready?
0: Yeah, are, yeah and yeah, this again, made-up steps to experience something in your life type of sermon. The Bible don't give these steps just so you know.
5: I, I've been planning for you. Weeks now. Matter of fact, I'll prove it to you. Pull your bulletin out. Go ahead. Look at the back of your bulletin. It's not what it looks like every week, is it? uh uh-uh. Oh, no. There's a space for you to write ten goals on the back of your bulletin. That's
0: huzzah! Yeah, ten goals. Goal number one: find a way to get Nicole Crank out of the you know out of public ministry. Goal two: rejoice.
5: Because today, while we're in church, tell your neighbor while we're in church church. today, while you're in church, you're going to write down your goals for 2019 and I'm going to help you develop them. So they are attainable goals, banner your goals, faith-filled goals that you're going to reach this year. Are you ready? I need you to ask one question. Write this question down. You're going to write this question because clarity of vision brings clarity of life, right? So here's your question. What would it take? For this year to be the most amazing year of your life.
0: Yeah, David and Nicole Crank resign from ministry because they recognize that they're false teachers and they shouldn't be teaching anybody. Yeah, well, that would make it a pretty good year for me. Yeah.
5: What would it take for this year to be the most amazing year of your life? Would it take having the baby? Would it take meeting the person? Would it take getting the promotion? Would it take paying off your credit cards? Would it take buying the car? Would it take paying off the house? Would it take getting out of debt? Would it take writing the book? What would it take for this year to be the most amazing year of your life?
0: And this is your sermon.
5: Okay. That's the question we're going to answer with our goals. So we're going to ask ourselves and then we're going to turn around and we're going to ask God. What a better place to meet with God than his church. Because you see, man has his pursuits, but God directs his steps. Man makes plans, but God directs the path. Right? So we're going to say, oh, here's what I want to do, God. This is what I want to do. And then we're going to check with him and make sure it's what he wants us to do. How many of you know outside of God's will for your life, there's leprosy? If you're not sure about that, just ask a eye.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's either God's will or leprosy. <laughs>
5: how he got it. He got outside of his call. He was wanting to be Elisha, but instead he was Gehazi, so he put on the clothes of the leper that he should have never received because the man of God didn't receive it. The leprosy was in the clothes that he put on, but that's another story.
0: Uh, no, that had everything to do with his a- absolute disobedience and lying in greed to take money from Naaman. Yeah, that what you just said is not what the story goes regarding Gehazi.
5: So there's leprosy outside the call. So we ask one question. What would it take for this to be the most amazing year of my life? And then two, we check with God. And then we start writing down these goals. And you'll notice as you start writing the goals, you're going to feel a little bit different. And that's because as you start writing goals, it's proven scientifically that your heart rate goes up and your blood pressure increases. Why does that happen? Because the spirit on the inside of you starts getting excited.
0: You can medically verify that, that the spirit inside of me is causing my blood pressure to go up. Spirit might kill me.
5: Knowing what's going to happen. Matter of fact, J.C. Penney, who was a good Christian man, he said, if you give me a stock clerk with a goal, I'll show you a man that's going to make history. He said, but if you give me a man that has no goal, well, I'll show you a stock clerk. You see, I love that quote because it proves that it doesn't matter where you start.
0: Yeah, whether or not J.C. Penny was a Christian, that has nothing to do with what's supposed to be taught in church. Yeah, job of a pastor, which you are not, Nicole, but the job of a pastor, according to 2 Timothy 4, is to preach the word. You ain't doing
5: that. Well. I'm going to say that again because there's a bunch of you need to write that down. I like that quote because it proves it doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter what happened to you. It doesn't matter what happened because of you. It doesn't matter what zip code you're in. It doesn't matter whether or not you got your EGED. It doesn't matter whether or not you got accepted to college. It doesn't matter whether or not they left you, whether or not they passed over you for the promotion. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter where you start. You can't change your destination in a day, but you can change your direction.
2: That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna change our direction. Well, I didn't come to church to hear a motivational speaker. My goodness, what has the house of God come to? Oh, friend, all the motivational speakers ripped off God. He's
5: the OG. Hope, that's God. Motivation, that's God. Dreams, that's God.
0: Oh, so that's her justification for not preaching the word and giving a motivational pep talk. Got it.
5: Yeah. Plans and pursuits, that's God. Prospering, that's God. Health, that's God. Living on the top and
2: not the bottom, that's God. They all need to be paying the Bible royalties. Well, I wish you'd prove that with Scripture. Well, okay, let's do it in. <laughs> Isaiah 46.10.
5: Isaiah 46.10 says, I declare the end from the beginning. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago. Let's stop. I declare the end from the beginning. You see, that's writing a goal for where you're going before you even know that you're going there. And from long...
0: Yeah, no, that's not what is meant there. Sorry, you're twisting God's word. Badly
5: ago what is not done well i wrote it go before but it didn't happen yet give it a minute he knows it's not done and from what is not done from long ago saying my plan will take place and now, I-
0: let's, let's apply our three rules for sound biblical exegesis to isaiah forty-six, ten. shall we um Yeah, that's the three rules for sound biblical uh, exegesis are context, context, and yeah, the last one's context. Yeah, those are your three rules. Uh, So, Isaiah 46, 5. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? God is rebuking Israel for their idolatry. Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh out silver in the scales hire a goldsmith, and he makes it into a, a god, and then they fall down and they worship it. They lift it up to their shoulders and they carry it. They set it in its place and it stands there. It cannot move from its place. If one cries to it, it does not answer or save him from his trouble. So remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all of my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east and a man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Yeah, it sounds to me like yeah, you know, this text has nothing to do with setting goals. It has everything to do with God distinguishing himself from false gods and idols. That's the point of the text. So what Nicole Crank is doing here. Oh, I'll prove to you from scripture that what I'm doing is biblical. She just totally mangled Isaiah 46.10. And twisted it to make it look like it somehow is about setting goals. It's not.
5: I will do all of my will says God. Speaking of Will Will Smith. was this big, beautiful, gorgeous home. It's got these glass walls in it. And on these glass walls, this guy walked into his house. He had like these notes and these papers and all this mess. And they're like, wow, what is that? Well, Smith said, what is that? That's my new movie. He's like, your new movie? It doesn't look like a movie. He said, yeah, let me walk you through it. He's like, you have to have these good characters, and you have to have these villain characters, and you have to have these plot twists because you can't see the end from the beginning, and you got to have ups, and you got to have downs, you got to have emotional dynamic. And walked him through. He's like, bro, that is so confusing. He said, where do you even start with something like that? He said, it's easy. You start at the end and you just write a plan to get there. See, what you're writing down today is your
2: goal. And that's going to give us our plan
5: to get there. Well, I don't know about
2: plans. I don't know if we should make plans. I don't know why these plans are too good. Well, Jeremiah twenty nine says,
5: I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord.
0: Yeah, the you there is y'all. It's uh, the talk God sending a letter through the prophet jeremiah to the exiles in babylon oh man this guy this lady is just twisting up god's word like you wouldn't
5: believe mighty plans to prosper you could i put on goals about my financial future plans to prosper you and not to harm you can i put plans about my health does god want good things for me not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future God's got plans, so we should have plans. If we're going to have the plans, we need the goals. How do we get the goals? Here's four things.
0: God has plans, so we should have plans. This is just... Ugh, vomit.
5: Number one, you're only going to write a few goals. Well, why? I have 10 spiritual goals. I have 10 financial goals. I have 10 personal goals. I have 10 relational goals. I have 10 vacation goals. I have 10 recreation goals. I got 10 plans for my kids. I got 10 plans for my dog. And I got 10 plans for my plan. (laughs) I've done stuff like that before, but they've done studies on it. And they say that when you chase too many rabbits, you lose all the rabbits. So the study that's been done says if you write seven to ten goals, it allows us to narrow the focus so that we can achieve what God wants us to achieve. So that's why there's ten spaces on the back of your and You don't have to fill it up, but I want to challenge you to put down at least seven. So number one, you're only going to write a few. Number two, you're going to write them quickly. You're going to write them quickly. You see, they say that you should take no more than three minutes when writing your goals. Why? Because any longer than that, you start talking yourself out of them. You start, well, I can never do that. And, well, that's really ambitious and I'm not really sure about it. No, 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 no. Three minutes. That's why I...
0: Yeah, who's the they that said that, by the way? Was it St. Peter? The Apostle Paul? Isaiah? Who said that, by the way?
5: I want you to write your goals in church today. While you're in the sound of my voice. You just asked the question, what would it take for this to be the most amazing year of my life? God, are you good with it? I feel peace in my heart. No, I feel kind of upset. Okay, God, we're going to pass on the upset. We're going to go with the peace. And then we're going to write them down. Here's number three. Number one, only write a few. Number two, write them quickly. Number three, write them in the past tense. Write them in the past tense. Why? Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. We're speaking faith words. We're thinking faith thoughts. And it leads the heart out of division.
0: So you write a goal. And the goal is not, I will, I don't know, I will read 10 books this year. So you have, because of this verse that she's taken out of context, you're supposed to write your goals in the past tense. I read 10 books in 2019. Oh, good grief.
5: Ugh. Defeat and into victory every time. We don't talk about it as if one day it could happen. We speak about it as it already has happened. Say, I weigh my perfect weight over. Yeah, in
0: 2019, Nicole and David Crank repented of their false preaching and teaching and twisting of God's word and resigned and shut down Crank Ministries in Faith Church St. Louis. Yeah, that's that. I like this. Yeah, those are my faith filled. Words spoken in the past tense.
5: Whatever the number is, my house is paid off. I'm accepted into the school. I received this promotion. This is my title. You go ahead and write it as if it's in the past tense, and make sure you write it down because you're going to need it. Because the enemy will come to you, just like he came to Jesus in Matthew four. If the enemy is going to come to Jesus, why do we think he's not going to come to us?
0: So, so, the devil's really interested in getting you from achieving your goals.
5: Matthew 4, he came to Jesus to tempt him. Who do you think you are anyway? Why do you think you got this power? The enemy's going to challenge you over your goals and say, who do you think you are anyway? Why do you think you have any right to this? And in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered the question the way he answered it every time with the same three words every time. And in Matthew 4, 4, he said the three words, it is written. Keep that goal in front of you. And you can tell the enemy, this is my goal. I wrote it. I checked with God on it. He said yes, and I know who I am, and I know whose I am. I am a child of the Most High King, and I serve Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He happens to be my daddy. When you mess with the baby, all of heaven comes after you. you got to know who you are, and you got to know whose you are.
0: Yeah, so this is the uh, false sonship doctrine now. As if somehow being an adopted child of God makes it so that all your dreams will come true. Uh, yeah, this is a mess.
5: And you got to write the vision and make it plain. Keep it in front of you. Because when the enemy comes to challenge it, you'll know what you're doing. And then number four, you're only going to write a few. You're going to write them quickly. You're going to write them in the past tense. And you're going to write them specifically. So now that we're writing our goals, turn to your neighbor and say, are you writing yet? Now we need to turn our goals into vision. Now we need to turn our goals into vision. Because when vision is clear, results appear. Now I can't really see out of these glasses and they're kind of blue and they're opaque and If I am not careful, I'm going to fall in this hole right here. So I got to be kind of still, but I wore them because they're cute with my outfit. (sighs) No, I wore them because I didn't want you to forget the message because I want you to write down in your notes when the vision is clear. Clarity of vision brings clarity of life. When the vision is clear, that's when the results appear. If we haven't had clarity before, that's why we haven't gotten results before. Tony Robbins says that setting goals is the first.
0: Tony Tony Robbins, the Buddhist motivational speaker. Uh huh.
5: Step in turning the invisible into the visible. Doesn't that sound a lot like Second Corinthians five verse seven that we walk by faith and not by sight?
0: No, 2 Corinthians five is not about setting vision for your life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. You're going to note that 5, 7 begins with the word for.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, which means it's that's a subordinate clause in a sentence that begins in verse 6. Mm-hmm. So let's do a little bit of work again. Three rules for sound biblical exegesis are context, context, and context. 2 Corinthians five one. we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, by putting it on, we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent, we groan. Being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, not about casting vision for your life.
5: God was the OG. He's the one who set that up. We're taking things out of the spirit and the unseen realm, and we're putting them into the physical realm of the earth and the natural realm so that we can see them.
2: Yeah,
0: that's not what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 teaches at all, that there are things in the spiritual realm that we're pulling into the natural. That's just straight up voodoo, witchcraft, magic stuff.
5: That's what we need to be the difference between us and them. Because let me tell you about them for a minute. So one of our pastor friends who was on the board came in town, spent a few days with us, working with us on what we're doing as a church over the next year. And I went to the Hyatt, to the front desk, to pay his bill with a guy named Zach. And I talked to Zach, and I got the bill, and I looked at it, and I said, Zach, this bill looks really cheap. I think we got charged the wrong rate. He said, oh, no, we're not on holiday rate. We're on we-need-people-here rate. I said, are you kidding me? He said, yeah, the first two weeks of January are always dead. I said, really, why? He said, because everybody's doing their New Year's resolutions, they're meal prepping, they're going to the gym, they're saving money. I said, man, that must be really hard on the hotel. He said, oh, no, the third week, everybody gives up on the resolutions, and we make more money than ever. We're booked up. (laughs) You see, 25% of people give up on a New Year's resolution or a vague goal within the first week. 60% 60% of the rest of the people who have these vague goals and these kind of unformed resolutions, they give up within the first six
2: months. Well, I just knew it, Ed. That's why we shouldn't even come to church today. We're just looking at something. that Everybody's going to quit anyway. Don't even write it down, Ed. Don't waste your time. It's not for us anyway. We're legacy people. No, this is, not the pro- this is not the posture that we're supposed to have. You know, the enemy's trying to give you every reason why this
5: doesn't apply to you. I'm here to tell you, if you are 75 years old, you've got more urgency to write your goals than ever because you need to be coming up with a legacy plan. Who's next? Who's following you? How have you set them up to succeed? And what have you done for them? And write your goals around that. You want to be more effective than ever. These are my, these are my sunset years. Yeah, these are the years to really make a difference. Make a difference. Go to growth track. Make a difference. Get in a small group. Make a difference. Give God something bigger and better than ever. Make a difference. Really serving him this year. It's a year to make a difference. So here's how. Here's how we turn a goal into a vision. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. I got about 70% of y'all. You ready? Yes. All right, there we go. Okay, is this okay for today? Yes. Okay, so here's how you turn a goal into a vision. Number one, you write down your goal every day for 30 days. You write down your goal every day for 30 days. Now there's three qualifiers to that.
0: So now I need a secondary goal. So my first goal is to make a goal, and then my second goal is to (laughs) write it down for 30 days. Uh...
5: Number one, you can't look at yesterday's goals. When you write them down on your bulletin today, you can't look at it tomorrow. When you go to write it down, you got to write it down fresh without looking at it. But I'm going to forget what it was. I'm going to leave one out. I'm going to say something wrong. Yeah, I know. That's going to make you think about it some more. And that's going to take what's out there floating in the air and it's going to internalize it and burn it into your soul. So number one, you're going to write your goals every day for 30 days without looking at them. And also every morning before work. Why before work I need my coffee you guys complain a lot (laughs) Now I understand you need your coffee, but here's why you get to work you get busy You have a bad day you go home you eat supper You got 10 things you got to do you do the 10 things you get tired You go to bed you wake up the next morning You didn't do it yesterday and the enemy is already stealing your future with distraction You get up every morning you don't look at yesterday you write it before you go to work And here's the last of the three you write it with pen and paper Pen and paper? Pen and paper. Oh, she's so old-fashioned. I'm a computer person. So am I. But let me tell you the intention of writing it on pen and paper. You see, pen and paper burn it into your memory much more than 10 keys and 10 fingers, do. So we want to write it down with pen and paper every day for 30 days. Well, I don't even know where I'll write that. I told you I knew you were coming. I made it easy for you. So here's what I want you to do. Right now, real quick, on your phone, go to NicoleCrank.com. As soon as you go to Nicolecrank.com, right on the entry page, there's a little pop-up screen. You just hit the button, and you will get a download for free. Everything's free. It's for free, and it's a 30-day download. There's one sheet for every day. They're numbered day one, day two, day three, day four. They've got quotes. They've got scriptures. We made them cute, so it's fun. There's 10 little places to write your 10 goals. Because we want to set you up to live the future that God intended.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not going to learn anything about Jesus or what any biblical text really says or really means. This is just abysmal.
5: For you. So every day, we're going to write them down three times. We're not going to look at the day before. We're going to write them every morning before work. We're going to write them on pen and paper. You're going to get the download. So it's going to make it easy. Why are we going to do this? Mark Victor Hansen, he wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. He said, by recording your dreams and goals on paper, you set in motion the process of becoming the person that you most want to be. You put your future in good hands, yours. You know, you never regret investing in yourself. Warren Buffett says it's a thousand percent return on that investment. So we want to send you out there with your goals written every day for 30 days. And then, did you guys get some post-it notes when you walked into church today? Yeah. Those were not random. Those were like 33 cents a piece and times 10,000 people. How many of you know? That's a lot of money. But we're investing in you. Here's what you do with the post-it notes. Each post-it note right now, take a goal you wrote on the back of your bulletin and write one goal on each post-it note. And then when you get home, you place those in places around the house that you're going to go every day. Put one above the toilet paper roll because you know you're going there. Like you're literally going there. (laughs) Put it in the refrigerator, right? Because you know you're going there. Put it on your phone. You know you're going there. Put it next to the TV remote. You know you're going there. Put it on the speedometer of your car. You know you're going there. Put it on your computer screen at work. You know you're going there. Put them little places that you're going to get the vision before you. Because on day 31, after you've done your downloads, on day 31, after you've been looking at your post-it notes, on day 31, you're going to add images to your goals. You're going to take the vision and you're going to make it plain. Do you guys have my vision board?
0: Twisting of Habakkuk chapter 2. Oh, she has a vision board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that she, like, this whole idea of vision boards is a complete twisting of Habakkuk 2.
5: You see, when the vision is clear, results appear. And Jacob, that's what he did. When he was fighting with his uncle, doing business, falling behind in business. He was getting cheated out of his business, really. So he made a goal with his boss, Uncle Laban, and he said, hey, so. It
0: wasn't uh, a goal. It was a deal.
5: Behind, I really can't do this. So to make it easy, can I just have all the spotted sheep and all the spotted goats and all the spotted cows? The uncle's like, we don't really have many of those, and people don't want those. Jacob says, I want them. Can I have those? He said, all right. So once he got permission for that, whenever the sheep would come in to eat at the feed trough, Jacob would take a branch off a tree and he'd wait till the sun was just so and he'd hold up the branch just right so that the shadows from the branch would land on the sheep. And when he looked at a white sheep, it looked like a spotted sheep. You see, you got to see it.
0: That's not how that went down. And that was not him casting vision. Good night.
5: To be it, you got to make the vision clear. And when that sheep would have a baby, guess how it would come out? It would come out spotted. So that's why we need our vision board. You need to see it every day. Matter of fact, our office in St. Louis one week in West Palm Beach the next.
0: D- did Peter and Paul and Jesus have a vision board? Yeah, no, no, they, they didn't.
5: Week. How many vision boards you think I have? I got two because I can't go a whole week without looking at my vision board. I got to keep it before me. I got to make it plain. And this is still part of last year's vision, but I wanted to leave some of it because I wanted to talk to you about it. You see, one of my goals for last year is I wanted to preach in a secular arena, not in a big church, in a secular arena. I just wanted to let y'all know that it's on my calendar for March 2019, I'm going to the Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I'm preaching to 7,000 people in a secular arena because you gotta see it to be it. And we sur-
0: Yeah, you won't be teaching them anything truthful about Christianity or Jesus. How sad!
2: A faithful God, Amen. Well, that's good for you. That's just so nice for you. No. Put the vision before you. Make it plain. It doesn't
5: work for me. It just works. So here's another picture I want to I share with you. And I'm actually going to ask the TV guys if they'll help me out and put this real big on the screen for us. Let's see if they can do that. Give them a second. Oh, there we go.
0: She wants to be interviewed by Oprah.
5: Who, who, who's in this picture? Oprah. Oprah. Who's she talking to? Me. What network are we on? Yeah. Do you know the show set that we're on? Super Soul Sunday. This picture is not real. I am photoshopped in here. But I'm not shy about it. You take the vision. You make it plain. I'm putting it out there. Where are you at, Oprah? Come on, girl. Let's get on this business. I got a busy calendar. We got to fit this in. It hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I'm glad you want to go on Oprah and spew your false theology on and mix it with hers. I mean, that would just be like heresy fest. Yeah.
5: But Isaiah 46.10, we're not letting that delay get in our way.
0: Yeah, we've already noted that Isaiah 46.10, you utterly mangled that text to make it say something it doesn't say.
5: You see, Proverbs 29 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I can see it.
0: Yeah, I see Proverbs 29. Hang on a second here. It is a standard text that she's just mangled again proverbs twenty nine and let's see if I can remember where this is um let's see proverbs twenty nine yeah here it is uh, <clears throat> proverbs twenty nine eighteen where there is no prophetic vision the people cast off restraint comma yeah <laughs> yeah so what what prophetic vision are we looking for but blessed is he who keeps torah yeah yeah. In other words, the prophetic vision that we need is the written word of God. That's the point of Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, and false teachers always just like you know quoting the first part of that sentence out of context and ignore the other part of it.
5: Front of me, this is going to happen. God's going to open your eyes. God is going to restore your vision.
0: He is really. Which text says that?
5: Habakkuk 2.2, two, the last scripture I'm going to share for today. It yeah,
0: says- Habakkuk, um, yeah, we're going to take a look at that before she gets to it. Because if you read Habakkuk, yeah, Habakkuk is complaining because God hasn't judged and there's an increase in wickedness. And so Habakkuk 2.1 one is basically Habakkuk saying I'm going to you know listen for the Lord and see what he's going to do so Habakkuk 2:1 I I'll take my stand at my watchpost my station and station myself on the tower look out to see what he will say to me and what I will and what I will answer concerning my complaint cuz he's complained about the fact that the evil are prospering and it seems like God's doing nothing so the Lord's answer then comes so Yahweh answered me now write this vision make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it yeah, yeah. So take this vision and put it on tablets. So the person who reads what God's going to do in judgment because of the evil that they would read the the vision that God gave to Habakkuk and they would flee for their lives. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow. Wait for it. Uh, it'll surely come. It'll not delay. Mm-hmm. So talking about what, you know God sending these lawless people to. Ex- exact judgment against his impenitent, idolatrous people. That's kind of the point of what's going on there. This is not giving you some formula for creating a vision board.
5: Write the vision, Make it plain on the table. Cue
0: sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique designed to create the false impression that God the Holy Spirit is now descending on the audience trying to get them to make decisions.
5: So that he can run who reads it? You see, it goes on to say in that very scripture too. Yeah,
0: like run, like in flee, because God's sending judgment against them.
5: For the vision still awaits a time. Don't give up, don't give in. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. That's why we ask, what's going to take to make this the best, most amazing year ever? And then we check it with God. It says, for it seems slow, wait for it, wait for it. That's what the scripture says.
0: There are only three chapters to the prophet Habakkuk. Read them all and you'll see that this isn't about you know any vision or goal for your life.
5: It says, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. God's got a vision for your life. He's got a plan for your life. He's got pursuit for your life. He just needs us to buy in to what he already knows as long as we'll go for it. And actually, that's not all the handles that I have. When I prayed over this over my Christmas break, God gave me five things. He gave me goals, vision. He gave me an action plan. An action plan includes a map. What's a map? It's measurement, assessment, and action, and printing it out. Then a commitment. Oh,
0: oh, God gave you that too. Uh, Okay.
5: And reward. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it all in 30 minutes or less. And actually after this, we have a director's meeting with our dream team directors and we're going to actually be going over maps because we're going to make some maps for the church. So they're going to get the action plan part of this. But I don't want to leave you out. So what we did this past week, the video team, and I took hours and hours and we recorded a section, each on goals, vision, action, commitment, and reward. You see, you need that action plan, that map. Let me tell you a little bit about that real quick. I had a friend told me when we did this, they said, I want to do a million dollars in business a year. I said, that's great. Let's let's make a map for that. How much do you have to do a month? He said, I don't know. We figured it out. I, I, I don't remember what the number was. Said what, He was like, wow. How much do you have to do a week? It's $18,333. Great. Divide that by fizz, uh, five business days. It's $3,800 and some change a day. We broke it down to that. He was like, hey, I, I can do that. I said, great. We're starting to develop our map, our weekly, our monthly, our, our yearly, and our daily goal." You see, you have to have them all because if you miss a day, you can't get dismayed You got to fold that into the week. Where did we end up for the week? Well, don't get dismayed Let's fold that into the month. Well, don't get dismayed fold that into the year You need to know where you're going and then okay, great So how far away are you is the gap like this and we just need to do a little more is the gap like this Do we need to go out and do some facebook ad marketing? Do we need to touch old clients and see if they've got new business? Do we need to send out some emails? Do we need to send out some direct mail? What are we going to do?
2: Well, I don't have a business that's going to do a million dollars. I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right, let's do yours. Maybe you want to pay off your credit cards. How much do you owe? $12,843.
5: Okay. At least you know where you're at. That's measurement. Okay, how much do you need to pay that off? Well, I need $1,000, and $1,050 a month. Great. How much is that per paycheck? I don't know. It's $575 a paycheck. Great. Can you do that? That's kind of tight. All right, what else are we going to do? I don't know. Google it. Well, did you know that eBay says that the average American has 50 items in their household that will bring the average of $3,000 on eBay? Stuff they're not using. So there are other ways, there are other plans, there are garage sales, there are things we can do. But if we're not making an action plan, then there's commitment. What's commitment? Commitment, it sounds sounds like the reason a lot of people don't get married. (laughs) But I wanna make commitment sexy because commitment is the difference between where you are today and where you want to be. So I work with you for commitment and how to make commitments and then we do rewards Because you have to celebrate where you are on the way to where you're going Otherwise, it's going to seem too hard. It's going to be too tight. It's going to be too long So you need to party along the way just a little bit like hey We got a thousand dollars paid off on the credit card. So tonight we go out to eat Somewhere reasonable or hey, I lost 10 pounds. So today cheat day anything I want You got to build in those reward plans so it doesn't get too so I, I, I did these five videos and each of them are 10 minutes or less. And the way you get them is when you get the downloads, I'll send you an email. On the bottom of the email, there's a red button. You click the red button and it, it sends you another email with the links. They're free. Share them with whoever you want. Just arming you with motivation, encouragement, tools, handles to get all the way to your goals in 2019. And so the last thing I want you to do, if you wrote goals today... Will you please stand up with me? Because I want to pray for your goals. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to have some accountability. And so I want you to share your goals with me. How do you do that? Put them on my Instagram. Well, I'm scared everybody's going to see them. Okay, if they're super private, DM me. But only if they're super private. Put them on Facebook. Put them on Twitter. When you get the videos, you can comment below the videos. Put them in the video comments. Put them in my blog comments. Write a letter and send it to me. You want some accountability out there. I showed you my picture of Oprah, right? Quid pro quo. And that puts some accountability out there. And then when I get them, I will pray over them. And I'm going to pray over them right now. But I'm going to say you're not all the way there yet. Your goals are probably a little rougher, a little vaguer, a little wider. And you're going to tighten them up real specific. You're going to send me those specific goals. I'm going to pray over them just like I am now. If you wrote some goals today, will you stretch your hands to heaven with me?
0: Done that was abysmal wow yeah the the pagan world uh, does a better job at helping us do our goal setting and they don't have to twist god's word up along the way um which is what exactly what nicole crank did she just utterly mangled god's word in you know somehow trying to justify this motivational pep talk, which had nothing to do with God's Word, repentance, forgiveness of sins, or anything. Yeah, this was just straight up worldliness, is the best way I can put it. So what would you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is com. or you can subscribe on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Pyre Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ to vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.